0: You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open-source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. I'm a life and performance coach, podcast host, father, meditator, and uh, son of a gun. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Harold Turk, who is a Maori-trained body worker, chiropractor, and coach. This episode includes a lot of really key connections between the physical body and our emotional self, trauma, and how we can be our best selves, and how we should be thinking about how to treat our entire system. Uh, the the information that we dig into, uh, digs into healing the trauma through the body, what it means to actually be in your body, Uh, the fact that we actually store trauma in the body. Uh, We talk about uh, uh, unresolved trauma uh, we can carry that eventually can limit us in our lives, even stuff that we're not even aware of anymore That's sort of locked away in our subconscious mind. The work that he does as a Maori trained healer and body worker is uh, the way that he describes it is it's like heavy sports massage um, combined with coaching and conversations to figure out how we can uncork or release or process emotional trauma uh, that we've experienced in our life. We talk about how how you can choose which bodywork might be, the best for you because basically we all need this we all need to step outside of ourselves and look for modalities and individuals and resources that can help us be our best you know a lot of us who are high performers sort of put ourselves last you know we don't uh, we don't uh, we don't put ourselves first in terms of our own lives we we push and we drive and we lose the fact that we are neglecting very important parts of ourself um, that may come back to bite us in the ass later in life. I came across the work of Dr. Turk through Eben Britton, who is a co-host of Hot Boxing Podcast with Mike Tyson. Um, Eben is a former NFL athlete and also was um, starred in a Netflix special called Take Your Pills, Um, He's an advocate for cannabis, and uh, I just like the way that he thinks about the world and uh, the work that he's been doing with Harold Turk has been really important in his life um, to help be the type of person that he wants to be. One thing before we jump into this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast is the concept of burnout. We a lot of us are burnt out. I think that if you are especially interested in optimization, you are maybe experiencing some level of burnout. And it was, it's my honor to be a contributor to the Burnout Summit, which is a three-day online event where you can learn from experts from around the world on the topic of burnout. This includes Joe Cohen from Self-Hacked. It includes Rob Pello from Viome, Roy Krebs from Natural Stacks, Niraj Naik, the renegade pharmacist, Chris Masterjohn, PhD. Uh, these are experts from around the world and I've contributed two classes in the burnout summit. All of these links, especially this link to the burnout summit, uh, which is a free event, but you can purchase the, uh, you can purchase the classes afterward. Um, I've contributed on two topics. One topic is on flotation therapy. Many of you know that I started a float center in 2012 and grew it. And, um, I believe in sensory deprivation, I believe in float therapy. So I talk all about the benefits of flotation therapy as it pertains to burnout. I also contributed something that I've been working on for quite some time, which is called the Full Moon Reset. And the Full Moon Reset is a 16-day protocol for abstaining from things that no longer serve you. Fasting protocols and some personal development techniques that you can use to fight burnout, reset your systems and understand yourself at a deeper level, understanding that the four categories of, of overload in your life are consumption, media, negative thought patterns and negative habits. So go to the show notes just down below, wherever you're listening to this, click on the link for the burnout summit and, and check it out it's it's really an amazing array of people who are experts in burnout and how to deal with it how to work through it so that you can be your best self everybody i'm really excited to bring this podcast to you i hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as i do and without further ado ladies and gentlemen dr harold turk you're listening to the optimal performance podcast and i'm your host sean mccormick It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. Dr. Harold Turk, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. What up, Sean? Sean? So I would like to start head on, right on the nose, um, you know, looking at the work that you do and your areas of performance and discipline and experience. In my world, I know what a healer is. I know what healers do. And it's a wide array of things. But you use the word healer uh, really frequently, but you're not. A sixty-year-old woman with dream catchers hanging everywhere. Uh, how, <laughs> how how is it that you think of? First of all, what do you do, and how do you define the word healer?
1: Oh wow, you are coming strong out the gate, um, healer. So uh, I'll tackle what I do in a minute, healer. Uh, I reluctantly use that word um i'm not very good that's probably the worst thing i'm good at is talking about my work i'm everybody knows me i'm better at doing my work than talking about it one of the words is healer i'm I'm a doctor of chiropractic i'll get into more of that in a minute but that doesn't really scratch the surface of really especially when i'm out and about with people wanting to know what i do they hear chiropractor it just kind of they know what it is and they basically the conversation stops there so i'll use all kinds of terms depending on the conversation but uh yeah um maori trained healer and body worker gets a specific type of response yes it, 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 it's a lot more intrigue. but um, so i'll use it I'll, I'll use coach i'll use healer i'll use chiropractor interchangeably i'm not really uh yeah i'm not uh, beholden to a healer at all so yeah um at heart i'm a chiropractor i'll always be one and that you know and that's kind of uh, i don't know what your audience or what people think about chiropractic these days but every chiropractor has their niche that's kind of a general term and then people go into specific forms of chiropractic whether it's sports chiropractic, you know, uh, with families, with kids, nutrition, you know, you really have to ask a chiropractor what their specialty is, and then you'll know a lot more about their practice. So, um, so what I do, uh, I am a chiropractor by degree. That was my formal education. Um, my informal education is a lot more extensive Um, you know, at the feet of, I guess you could say mentors and teachers, um, I do two other things. So in my practice, I do three things. So basically it looks, it's a private practice. I see people for about an hour, hour and a half. And, um, I'm a chiropractor. I am a Maori trained healer and body worker. So Maori people are indigenous to New Zealand, just like American Indians are to this country. And a few of them uh, are very dear friends and teachers of mine in this very specialized form of bodywork. It looks like, um, for your audience, um, like a deep tissue massage, like a sports massage. So it's hands-on. And the idea being – well – and by the way, I'm really condensing it because this is in their this is in their lineage, this is in their culture, so it's more than just a healing practice. This is a, a way of life for them. So um, this kind of body work helps people connect their the physical massage to their emotional body
0: hmm.
1: and their energetic body. So a regular massage, Reiki, uh, not even that Reiki. We'll hold off on that. A regular deep tissue massage is just going to help you feel more relaxed and heal your physical body. But it won't necessarily bridge the gap to your emotional body. That's a very specific thing to do. So I can't really explain the technique. I'll I'll try, but it's something you have to feel. Uh, But by way of this deep tissue massage, it helps you um, make specifically that's its intention It makes helps you connect to your emotional self. And depending on at what level you want to take it or how sensitive a person is, it can help you connect to deeper layerings of your of your emotional and energetic body. So let's say somebody has past trauma of all kinds and. Whether they know it or don't, this type of body works helps you strip off the sort of um, tough exterior of what we've become growing up, going through trauma, going through life. It strips off a lot of that layering to help you bring back into connection with a lot of those traumas that are stored in the body. Your audience might be thinking, why the hell would I want to do that?
0: How is it that past trauma which is can be emotional? how is it that that is stored in our bodies? Oh, per- perfect. I mean simple answer everything that goes on in our
1: mind there's a mirror image in in the body. whether people recognize that or not uh, it's it's a mirror and nothing passes through the mind that doesn't show up in the body That's it so whether let's say trauma, you've had a trauma, uh, or one's had a trauma in their past, Uh, there's an equal counterpart in the body. It's showing up somewhere. Um, It depends on the trauma, the specific nature. Did someone yell at you? Did someone hit you? Were you sexually molested? It's gonna show up in different areas of the body, all kinds of various places, so. Um, so this kind of body work excavates that, well, it locates it and it yeah. helps excavate it, which is bring you into connection with it
0: hmm.
1: because, you know, the, um, psychologically, you know, we're creative. We want to protect ourselves from what happened in the past and we want to create distance, you know? And so this body work clears that insulation, so we're more intimately connected to it. Hmm. Now, your audience is saying, that's sadistic. They might, one might say, that's sadistic. Why would you want to do that? Like, leave sleeping dogs lie. I get it. However, there's certain areas of one's life that is impacted by that unresolved trauma, whether you know it or not. And um, that's the benefit of clearing something like that out, because everybody—I don't care how successful you are—there's an area in your life where you're not strong, where you're vulnerable, or you're not success quote successful, or you struggle. So, um, you you typically will find unresolved trauma is going to show up somewhere.
0: Hmm. When you were going through your training in the Maori approach to healing and body work, um, first of all, can you tell us the story about how, how you got hooked up with um, that approach and, and why you felt the need to continue with that work and be a practitioner of this specific type of work, why, how, and why did it resonate with you? So I'll give you the quick answer, and then,
1: you, and then, based on you knowing your your audience, you can keep asking me questions because that rabbit hole could pre- go deep and wide for a long time. The simple answer is, I'm athletic by nature. I'm a, a physical person. I'm very athletic, good with my body. Um, played sports growing up, competitively, soccer and baseball. Um, I wandered into, wandered. I got into a little car accident in my senior year of high school. Went to a buddy's father who was a chiropractor, knew nothing what a chiropractor was. He was an old time guy, which means they were very heavy handed with their adjustments. Mm -hmm. I got an adjustment one day from him. I don't know, I was probably what, 18 years old? And uh, how would you say it, cathartically? I got up off that table, Sean, and I was like, I got it. I just knew intuitively what good that did for me, and I'm like, I got to do that. So, uh, I became a chiropractor, and then I had shit hit the fan. I was going through major upheaval in my life, and I wandered into Maori style healing, this kind of body work. I've never been to a therapist, and this was my entry point into therapy. Um, and a teacher at the time talked to people for a living, and she did this Maori-style healing body work, which is exactly what I do for a living for your audience to complete the, uh, the explanation of what I do. So I went to go see her, and after that first session, um, I realized I'm an extremely sensitive person for sure, but I was very weak at my ability to express and communicate myself on an emotional level. So my physicality was my strength, and my sort of emotional ability to communicate and connect was my weakness. But after that first session, I quickly realized it might be my weakness, but it was my passion. So, and I got kind of a vision that I'm like, oh, um, I'm going to put this together, this kind of work. So what became my weakness after all these years of learning and healing and practicing, um, is pretty equal to now my ability in physical healing. Hmm.
0: Does the, cause I, cause I'll, Everybody – when you think of Maoris, when you think of the, the, the culture, the lineage, the people, there is a certain immediate toughness that is that, – that people think about, you know, a strength, uh, you know, a sort of a, a tribal knowing, a a power and an intensity. The haka. Exactly. I mean it's it's exactly what you think about. You the think tattoos. About the tattoos. You think about the rock. You think about Jason Momoa. You think about – I mean mm-hmm. – These are visuals, right? Exactly. So when, 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 when you describe your physicality and having to understand the physicality along with sort of the emotional body, the emotional reality that that makes you, you, how is it that the Maori, like how, how do they approach it? How do they think about the, that, that outward strength and that inner emotional health? How do they think about it? Um, They,
1: well, you're talking about my teachers who are the healers of their lands and their people, and and then you're talking about the rest of the people, kind of like there would be a medicine man in Native American, and then there's the tribe. But um, the Maori, don't see any um, lines or separation between physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, nature. Nature to, I, and I won't be able to even do it justice, but their relationship to nature and the use of nature to heal is woven into the body work. Mm. So, um, they read the body very holistically. They they diagnose basically by way of uh, stagnated energy, hmm. or they or, or sometimes waters. Um, they 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 are able to sense uh, the stagnation in the body where it's stagnant, and then they go straight to that area and they work. Um, oh, go
0: ahead. Well, I. I, I'm so fascinated by what that process must look like. Can you walk us through – I mean it's – I'm going to have to – I'm asking you to I, like – to define something etheric, something, something non-physical. I mean the, the – yeah, right. right. So like <laughs> I know it's not a fair question.
1: You know, it's like explaining to somebody, you know, uh, swimming is amazing. You know, describe it for me. Uh, yeah,
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> right? Right. Uh, okay, give me just give me a, a half a second. Um so well the audience can definitely connect to a really deep tissue massage. Right? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll try to say it this way and you can follow up. So everybody knows like a deep tissue massage that's really painful and it, it almost It's like you can only, you might even be a kind of a strong person or like deep tissue massage, but the technique is such that it doesn't, it kind of jams you where you're just kind of putting up with something. Yeah. So they're just grinding away. Right. And if any, okay. And if anybody's ever had a Thai style massage where they step on you. Yeah. That would be a bit closer And and when my teachers are not in town, that's who I go to. And then I end up like kind of trying to give them a little something to help it along. But I get, I like the technique of having somebody walk on me. So picture that kind of deep tissue massage or that Thai style massage. But the difference is where it gives you a kind of a space where you're getting this technique done in it. Let's say it really hurts. And then there's a, a withdrawal kind of a feeling where you're, it allows your emotions to kind of get engaged. And now you might laugh because you're nervous uh-huh. or you'll scream because it, it's painful or you'll start to cry. Uh-huh. The difference, so I'll say this, um, like the first time I saw my first teacher, she's like, well, what if it should really hurt, Harold, and you should scream and cry? And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, I got to. Play sports, I have a high threshold for pain. And she goes, that might not be such a good thing. Because uh, it's my ability to put up with a lot of shit. There's a lot of layering before, you know, I'll do something that's really bothering me, right? Right. And a lot a lot of us say something like that, where, you know, I have a high tolerance for pain. And they say it in a brave, proud way. I used to. I've since changed that. So this body work... The magic happens in the vulnerability of it. So you're getting a deep tissue massage, but you're being pushed in a way, and I'm not going to try to just tell you or your audience that it's just all sadistic and masochistic. No, but it helps you learn how to let go and be vulnerable in an emotional way in an energetic and emotional way, such that it allows aspects of your energetic body, your emotional body, and certain areas of your body where you're gripping and holding on, and that holding on affects your outer life. If you're holding on internally, something in your external life is holding on, it's jammed. Hmm. So this body work is very physical, it's very hands-on, and it teaches people how to be vulnerable and let go. So the way I kind of visualize it it is if we're a machine, we wouldn't want that machine holding on or under pressure. So if if we can ease the tension that our body we are holding on to, it's going to be more efficient at healing. We're clearing obstructions, which is basically a kind of a definition of chiropractic. So chiropractors rid the body of subluxation located in the, at the spinal level, which is congestion mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, at the spinal level, at the joint level, which frees the nervous system to heal the body more efficiently. Well, this kind of body work does the same thing in that it relieves tension on a muscular, energetic, emotional level. Wow. Yeah. So... It teaches people how to let go and be vulnerable, and then they get to see the, the relationship that they open up, and then they could watch their, their outer life start to open up.
0: Yeah, I think everybody can use some of that in their life. I mean, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, it's for everybody, Sean, and I'm not trying to scare
1: anybody away, but I'm trying to be realistic. It's for everybody. For sure but not everybody is drawn to that level of healing you're straight to the point
0: yeah that's a delicate way of saying this may not this may not be for you you may not be cut out to to do this deep work is am I hearing you right Uh, or be ready that's better and there's that's not a problem
1: um Let's say somebody who's very sensitive has been through a lot of trauma. It might not be ready for them, but the fact that they know it—that's healing already. Maybe even hearing the podcast might be enough. I, I mean, some of your audience might be going, "This guy's nuts," but some people are really sensitive, and had a lot of trauma. Where just hearing the podcast, they'll have a reaction. Yeah, of course. I know what my work does and I know what I stand for, so I know what's coming through. And so, on that note, you know, I have I have some really sensitive clients, and I'm, I'm a coach as well. I'm an intuitive. I talk with my clients. I'm not psychic, but I'm more auditory in feeling. So the more people talk with me, I can hear where things are dissonant or stuck emotionally and energetically. So I talk with my clients about what I hear and I feel things. So, I might have sensitive clients where I I have to graduate them. Yeah. Which which is amazing. That that that's it's very inspiring so to see them go from sitting on my couch while I'm talking with them to sitting on the table to even just laying down and now I'm talking to them. So, yeah. Back to what you're saying. Sorry
0: I hijacked that no this is this is great this is I love this back and forth uh you know, everybody has that experience of oh you know I feel t- when I feel tense, when I feel anxious, I get a stiff neck or I get knots in my stomach or i get um I get a tightness in my chest and, and it's not that it's not outlandish to think that that's a very real thing. Like you hold on to your anger, your tension, your, your trauma. Maybe you hold on to it in your neck, which, um, which constricts your ability to communicate. Maybe you hold it in the back of your neck. And every time you look down at your phone or down at your computer to do your work, you're enhancing or, 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 you know, furthering that, that physical, manifestation of the tension that's coming from somewhere inside of you. It's not, it's not originating there, but it's being expressed there. Um, when you were describing, um, a capacity for people to put up with pain, to, to have a high pain tolerance, right? Is there a, is there a sweet spot? And I know it's different for everybody but there must be some sort of sweet spot where you can put up with a certain amount of pain or discomfort but not be masochistic and just like you just you you're you've got such a high pain tolerance you're willing to tolerate all sorts of bullshit in your life and all sorts of pain and all sorts of trauma is there a sweet spot between being a sensitive sally and being like triggered immediately when someone cuts you off in, in, in traffic versus someone who has unresolved trauma and pain that they've been building up for 40 years. Is there, is there a sweet spot? Do you think? No. When you say putting up with pain, are you talking physically, verbally, I I'm talking about physic physically and verbally. Like they just they put up with other people's bullshit, and they have compartmentalized all their physical pain, and they have compartmentalized and compensated in all their trauma.
1: Well, I'll I'll say this. Uh, a mentor of mine used to we talk, and he would say, "Oh, uh, the culture's definition of patience is the ability to put up with large amounts of bullshit before you say or do something about it." And then we say, "I'm being patient." Uh, patience is much more of a creative distinction, less of a tolerance issue. So I'll say that, uh, we misconstrue our, uh, uh the word patience. And, um, but as far as the body work, like for me, um, I was very Passionate. When I first started out, I still am. Like if any of my clients, people have seen me get sessions. So the Maori do it in a open forum where it's group style. Oh. Everything The Maori do not do individual sessions. I don't care what famous hoo-ha you are. They're going to have some sort of an audience and there's going to be more than one present. They never do healing work alone, one practitioner, and they'll usually have a couple people, at least a couple people around. So, the, everything about the Maori are in group um, scenarios. So, for instance, the first time I met him, kind of drifting off my point, um, I liked the intensity of the work. Okay? So, for me, I wasn't tolerating pain. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to feel even I wanted to feel the physicality and I wanted to, I needed help connecting to my feelings Hmm. and I needed to be pushed. Hmm. And then after a short while, I didn't need much probing. I could get to my feelings on my own with no body work, but I still love it. Or my teachers currently, they know when I, when they come into town, and people witness me getting worked on and, and it, it gets very spirited. <laughs> uh, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll scream, yell and cry and laugh hysterically. And they'll tell people even when I'm getting worked on, oh, Harold works on people all day long and he struggles with holding on to a lot of his client's shit. Yeah. And so he comes to dump, to psychically dump a lot of that junk. So that's part of my healing practice as an empath is not to take on that work easier said than done. So, um, I like the physicality and, uh, I'm not putting up with the work.
0: Got it. You're, you're stepping into and embracing the process, which happens to be fairly intense and very physical. Yep. Got it. Got it. How, how does like, what is the, um, why would someone be drawn to, your style of work, opposed to um Reiki or Rolfing or uh, reflexology, or you know these sorts of other bodywork mentalities, either touch or no touch. like what why why would someone go to you versus some other sort of um healing practice?
1: So, uh, I don't do advertising, really.
0: I, I was gonna say, the fact that you're so hesitant to, to tell me says so much. And and I see you, I I see you, Doctor. And I I feel it's okay. It, you that you're in a safe place. There's only there's only thousands and thousands of people that are oh, going to no. hear this. So.
1: No, it's funny. It people people look it for a couple reasons. Uh, people come to me because they're Something is calling them, without sounding woo-woo, something is calling them, is drawing them to wanna to talk with me or have me help them with something. Uh, that's, that's the way I see it. Typically, my clients are looking for something a little different than um, a massage, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a therapist, even a coach, because I have a physical element to my coaching style. So my so my clients are, um, what, what would be the word? I'm losing the word. People are, my clients are drawn to me for, for some reason that's distinct about me. Whether it's my personality, my tone of voice, what I actually do for a living, um, they're, they're drawn. I'm, that's just the way I see it.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I, the reason, the, the way that we got connected was I, I follow Eben Britton who is the co-host of hot box the Mike Tyson podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. And Eben, was, uh, an NFL, uh, NFL player and also was on a documentary film. Um, and I, gosh, I don't remember. Take your pills. Oh, right. Something like that. Uh, he was on a, he was on a Netflix documentary. Pills. Yeah. I think um, right, that was about like pain pills and he's been an advocate for cannabis as a, as a, as a medicine, as a medicine. For a very long time, which is why, you know, how he, it seems, I don't know the guy, I've actually never, never even connected with him outside of Instagram, but he gave a little nod to you and it seems like he is on a spiritual process. He wears it on his face. He's open about it. He talks about it. He talks about his self-expression. He talks about living with purpose. He talks about mission. He talks about all of these things and he tagged you in one of his posts. And I thought, wow. So this this guy who became an an elite 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 athlete like in the world to play in the NFL, you're like one tenth of one percent less than that to make it to the NFL. Um, and his story is really inspiring. And now he's working with you, and 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 you treat him in this in in. I'm, I'm of course making the connection between the Maori and sort of the warriorship that happens of being an NFL athlete. All this impact, all this trauma, all this stuff, and I I immediately was drawn to the way that you the way that you talk about the work that you do, and um, when we are becoming a society that has lots of options, um. We we can go see this person or that person. We can we can, uh, we can go get chiropractic. We can go get, um, acupuncture. You we got it right exactly. So given the fact that we have all of these choices that we can choose to go to go seek healing and seek health, um, in your experience, with especially with your chiropractic background. How important is it to include an emotional element to getting healing and body work done? Like, why is why does that resonate with you? Why is that a good way to go versus a a something that a modality that doesn't include sort of emotional maintenance?
1: Oh, great question. Sure kind of um, without being cliche. I think transformation happens by making the connection between one's physical life and one's emotional energetic life and I don't mean making the connection on a mental level I mean on a physiologic in their body they feel the connection happen so um you know coaches and all kinds of people really want you to feel things to manifest things all kinds of things and for me um A new transformation happens when you're making that that connection and you're feeling it in your body. Mm. You're actually feeling it. You're not understanding it. You're feeling it. So some people might understand it to the level of the head to the neck, but it hasn't gotten down the collarbone and into their chest and then deeper. And that's what the work does. Um, And, you know... Various healers and modalities and practices or even coaches by way of communication are uh, skilled to help people get thoughts and coaching into their body to where someone's getting making a physiologic or an emotional connection. And that's where the magic happens. And for me, I wrote it somewhere. uh, That's my specialty. And that's where I like to live is right at the connection between one's physical life and emotional and energetic life. I, I like being right there.
0: Can you share with us a story of a patient or a, someone that you've been working on that had just a transcendent experience, that sort of light bulb moment that changed their life. you got me on the
1: spot. Um, well, I'm thinking about Eben, only because I can, as practitioner, I can talk about him because he is um, – I know he's public and he would be okay with that. Yeah. Just so your listeners know, uh, I have di- I have discernment yeah. who I can share stuff about and who I don't. Um, so Evan, Evan's quite public, but um, um, what can I say about him? I mean for Evan – and this is actually one of his passions. So this would actually be a nod to him is he's passionate about helping, uh, NFL players and sports, uh, um, former athletes transition from playing to regular life. And a lot of people might not know that is traumatic. I mean, yeah, there's some former players who have made millions of dollars where that can buffer a lot of that, um, pain to that to for that pain that process of transition um but for others they haven't made a ton of money so um so with Eben that that was a big deal uh helping him make that transition he was struggling a lot he was struggling with uh anxiety and you know he didn't make a ton of money like a lot of people people think all athletes make uh, he was, um, he was an offensive lineman, but he only, he played about six years or so, but, uh, that, that was, that was, um, a tough transition for him. And then through the work and he, and he is a pretty, um, um, vigilant student on his own, as far as healing practices, I just helped. And I was a part of that healing to help him make that transition from athlete to to now, he's a co-host with Mike Tyson on his podcast. He's an ad- advocate, an out advocate about cannabis, and he's looking to get that into the NFL, which is a big undertaking. We won't get into that. So, you know, he's he's married. He has a baby, and um, that was that was a big transition on many levels. So, physical pain, emotional pain, anxiety, depression. You know, he's even talked about all the medicine he had to take to play in the NFL. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a high stakes. That's a high stakes there. Uh, That's it's high visibility, especially for a guy like him, who's, you know, the subject or or included in a documentary and playing in the NFL. Does does the work that you do, because you just sort of alluded to it, does the work that you do, is it appropriate and effective for people who are going through transitions in their life?
1: Yes, is the quick answer.
0: Yes. Yes. How?
1: Um yeah, cuz it just it just depends on the transition. So let's say somebody's lost a parent. So they're struggling with grief. So moving on in life without a parent. Some people really struggle with grief and how to process it and how to integrate it in their life, how to deal with it. That's a transition you know, to go from the limelight to a regular life, that's a transition. So there's all different types of transitions and, uh, that could be a difficult process.
0: Hmm. Yeah. When you're, when you're working with people, we're jumping around. Um, if that's just the way that it goes, (laughs) um, when you're working with people, can you, can you walk us through what a session is like? Are Are you talking as you're manipulating fascia kind of a thing?
1: Um, by the way, this is the first time we, we've ever spoke. Yeah. So we're jumping around, but it's pretty cool to have met you. And even, even us making a connection, even talking, that's cool in and it of itself. So we're just excited. But, um, so, uh, um, typically my first client is, uh, I won't have conversations when someone's on the table. Okay. When someone's on the table, I want them out of their head. I don't want them thinking. I will talk with them in a certain way to coach them through what I'm doing. Like breathe, breathe. It's okay. Things like that to coach, to to uh, cheerlead them through certain things, or I can tell they're having an opinion about not wanting to cry, I will talk with them, or it's okay to yell. I'll say stuff like that, but I'm not having any coaching style, intellectual conversation with them, because I want them in their body. Mm. I want them feeling, and I'm gonna coach them through the feelings of the physicality and their emotions. Talking is most of those conversations are reserved for, you know, off the table. So, you know, I see Sean on a Wednesday and I do body work, a lot of heavy body work. And and you're like, Harold, I'll see you next week. And I said, great. He said, but I want to talk with you about what just happened. Great. So the next session might be all talking like you're never going to believe it. I'm like, what? So the con- it, it, that session becomes about talking. So now it starts to go back and forth, one body work, one talking, and every client has their own sort of um, um, healing sort of
0: structure. Have, That's how it works. they've got their they've got their own shit, and they've <laughs> got their own process. Some need more body work,
1: some want less of it. Everybody everybody's
0: different with it. What were you gonna say? When you when you say I want them to be in their body, I know what that means. I don't know that everybody else knows what that means. How can you how can you describe to someone uh-huh. <laughs> because yep. I think this is critical because we are we are <laughs> we are so rarely in our bodies. I mean nowadays we wake up, we turn on, you know, we, we immediately go on Twitter. We make the coffee with our head and our phone. Uh, we don't talk to anybody. We don't stretch. We don't move. We don't breathe. We don't meditate. We, we just get up and grind. And maybe we're in our bodies for a moment when we're doing exercise on a f- stinking treadmill while we're watching TV that's in your body, I guess. But, we, we, I think we live in a culture that, that is, that is constantly, um, that, that, that allows us to not be in our body. How can we begin to be more in our body?
1: Great intro to the question, like a lot of context around it, because especially these days, just for your audience, so you know, like I see a lot of successful people, whether they're a mom of three or people with a lot of money, but my clients are really motivated people. And every, including myself and mentors of mine, everybody these days, just so your audience knows, is going through something. You, there's no I don't care who you are or who you look up to on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or what uh, athlete or um, entertainer, everybody's going through something. It's It's in the air, it's in the world these days. I see it every day. I have the luxury, you too, Sean, of seeing really successful people struggling and grinding, or worried about something, worried about their kids. So, yeah, good way to introduce that question because I mean, you've—I'm single. I'm a single dude. I'm looking to meet a woman and start a family. You've got that, but um, everybody's got a full life a lot of anxiety in the world, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot going on. So to be kind of disassociated from our bodies is really easy.
0: Hmm.
1: There's so much demand, and I think um, we probably overemphasize wanting to think our way out of it, than to connect to our feelings, and see how we feel about it, I ain't got time for that. Like, I can't, it's going to get in the way of me moving forward and making that money or making these moves, typically, because emotions will slow you down. It will. So people, we send the energy up to our head to help us figure it all out. And to go faster, to get there faster. Right. It might not be a very effective. Um, how would you say it? Um, maybe it's it, it's it's kind of an easy fix, but it really doesn't get us where we want to go. So, what does it mean to be in the, in your body? To me, you have. I think it's – it's because a lot of people are in really great shape. They work out. They work out a lot. That doesn't mean they're, they spend a lot of time in their body. And certainly I would probably say being your body means you have a connection to your emotional and energetic body, not just your physical body. So once again, if people have their em- – emotional life that they don't want to be connected to they're not spending a lot of time in their body which points the finger to probably a lot of people a lot of us spend a lot of time out of our body we're just in our head
0: yeah so what are some ways besides doing sessions besides doing I mean because you you and I both Provide people with a resource to help them do that to get them to get them into their body to to understand who they are and how they feel about things how they feel about things not what they think about things but how they feel about things. Um, what are some ways that you could share with it that everybody could do to be not just in touch with their knees and their elbows but with their emotions and their and their energies?
1: besides the work that I do yeah so I mean well there's a lot of modalities mine being one you're being another Uh, you mentioned ayahuasca things like that you know uh, certain disciplines probably specialize more in helping people connect to their emotional body to their energetic body, you know, maybe, uh, ayahuasca, uh, will send you to your sort of psychic spiritual body. I've never done it, but different modalities will probably have a specialty in different areas. Um, but if, if the way the context from what we're talking about is to be to, as you would say in our body, um, Oh man, I'm going to get some shit for this. This is gonna sound woo-woo you gotta want to feel what's going on on a deeper layer you gotta want to I mean I had a client she just came today actually here's a, a little story you know it, it was a big moment today it's the first time I've seen her for a long time and I can only push so much that she really wants to feel what's going on. She's put on a lot of weight, she's a very beautiful woman, she's put on a lot of weight, and she has shut down her emotional life because of a trauma from growing up. She's never been committed to connecting to her emotional self. Hmm. And I think, I feel, when people say, you gotta be in your body more, bro. <laughs> you're, you're To me, one saying, You got to be more connected on an emotional level, not just on a physical level. So to be in your body, you're connected on a more emotional level. So to start the answer, you got to want to feel what's going on, on deeper layers of your body and not just how are my arms looking? How is my six pack you gotta wanna know what's going on on a deeper level. How am I doing emotionally? How is that affecting my physical life and my physical body? You gotta, some people have no idea what it feels like. They just don't. And so, this work and maybe other people's modalities helps them feel what that's like.
0: The fact that you repeated, you have to want. You have to want to feel that I think is really, really, really important because if you're resistant to it, if someone says, Hey, you got to go do some work on yourself. Okay, cool. I'll go, uh, Vipassana or I'll go, uh, I'll go, um, uh, train for a marathon. Um, but you, you really have to, it really does have to be an innate, an innate inborn desire to feel those feelings. Because suppressing them is commonplace and most of us do that in one way, shape or form. But you really do have to want to be in and experience the full range of the emotion of whatever it is that you're doing. And if you're dealing with trauma, if you're processing, if you're going through this transformational process, whether it's with you or in Vipassana or whatever, you, you, ha- you have to want it because it's not going to work if you don't, right? Right.
1: Yeah, as a that's uh, as a, a mentor of mine shared. There's a big distinction between merely interested versus committed. He's like they're not even close to the same. A lot of people are merely interested. A lot of us are merely interested in things, as he would say, in learning Spanish, and he and he still hasn't to this day, as he would laughing uh, jokingly say. Um, but not a lot of people are committed, like they really. They know the reason why they want to be more connected to their body. There's consequences. Uh, your wife or your husband or whoever might say, uh, "Oh my God, I, you're so emotionally disconnected. You have no idea what's going on." You know. So that's an example of a um, what would that be? Um, of why someone might start to want to get connected because they feel people are disconnected from them, Ah. emotionally disconnected. So they might start to get more committed because they see the negative effects Hmm. of being disassociated. Hmm. Uh, Lots of people have uh, sex, disconnected. Emotions are not part of the bedroom. It is a physical act. And that's how people go through life, just in a physical, superficial way. Yeah. And so so I give you that one example where someone might complain that they don't feel connected to them because the person's disconnected on an emotional level. Not to blame them because people have had trauma. Yeah. Men typically typically generally struggle with being connected on an emotional level. Women tend to be more connected in their body. Men not. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, you said it. And it's such a, it's such a, clients never want to hear that, you know, well, how do I do this? Do you really want to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what do I have to do? First, you have to answer the first question. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. What were you going to say?
0: No, I, I uh, tying it back to the, the layers of vulnerability, um, that you described earlier as part of the, the Maori body working sort of approach is to connect that physical with the emotional to make that connection. And if, if you have put up all these walls in your life and with the people in around you and you are not in your body as in not connected with your emotion, your internal state, You you you've put up all of these blockages to make sure that people don't get to you, so that you can you can't really connect with people for whatever reason. And and we're not we're not pointing fingers or 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 saying people are at fault, but this is just a lot how how it is. Yeah. So then, in order for in order for the healing process to happen, in order for you to walk out of your clinic feeling good, feeling whole, feeling like yourself, feeling the interconnectedness, feeling in your body, that process of of strip of of embracing vulnerability is is super important, right? Uh,
1: that that skill to learn how to be vulnerable? Yes, it's a very healing skill that a client would want to learn if they're looking to have a good life. Yeah. And and transform any aspect of it. I mean, how do you transform any aspect of your life if you don't know how to be vulnerable?
0: Yeah. If you have all the answers, then you have all the answers and you're only going to get so far. <laughs> yeah. You have to be
1: vulnerable to, okay. So Yeah. So, um, you know, some people might say, well, I do yoga, for instance. (laughs) It sounds like, you know, I I have a yoga practice, Harold. I love yoga. Let's not compare the two. Because when I'm in a position that's uncomfortable, I'm in control. I'm just like, I'm out, so I can't handle it. It's a basic instinct of one survival mechanism. So when someone is passive on my table, you're in a passive uh, place, and you're beholden to somebody else to help you, and, to, and they control the pressure. Not that someone's uninvolved in how deep we go, but I push them through these sticking points that they we just innately wouldn't do. Yeah, and then in um in that process is where the magic happens as they say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's that's why we have to seek out resources and individuals that resonate with us that like yeah, I like what I like how this guy's talking about this. That makes sense to me. I I get it. And for some, it may not be their cup of tea and they want um they want acupuncture because they want to just, they want to have a couple of things stimulated and then just like, leave me alone. Let me rest. It, 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 I, it's, it behooves each of us to seek out what, what resonates with us at any, at any real meaningful level and, and